Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. This week, we're giving our listeners what we ourselves need this summer. Super simple hacks for doing more and living more, even when we're busy or tired or just too hot to feel like doing anything other than sitting on the porch with an ice cold drink. Exactly. Yeah. Think of these conversations as your cliff notes for life. Shortcuts to make the daily routine easier or to turn that goal or hope or dream you've been putting off into a real life reality. Our hope is that these conversations get us all unstuck from the perfectionism that gets in the way of doing the thing you really want to try. This first How to Hack It conversation is especially near and dear to my heart, Lisa Joe. but next week, I'm going to be learning from you, friend. <laughs> okay, listeners, get comfy. Here we go. Christy, here's what I know about summer. In the summertime, I am not looking to acquire any new giant brain-altering <laughs> fundamental shifts in any kind of big way. Like I, in the summer, I am looking for all of the simplest shortcuts in my life. That is what I want. I want the easiest way to cook dinner. I want the quickest way to figure out how to get my teenagers to do laundry. I want (laughs) the quickest shortcut to my bed at the end of the day. Like I am looking for the not the detour, not the long way around. I am looking for the fastest, easiest solution to just about anything under the sun when it comes to being a human in the summertime, which is why I'm excited about kicking off this series of conversations because it's sort of like the Cliff Notes version of anything to do with being a human. Like, how can you tell me the quickest, easiest way of understanding or solving this problem, question, or even something I'm interested in. Like even these days, I'm impatient with new TV shows or books. I just like summarize it for me quickly. What is it? (laughs) How do I get into it fast? Like I don't want a long lead time. Jackson just started reading his first Stephen King novel. And when he's sharing with me, he like blow by blow is sharing all of the point. (laughs) And I'm like, no, no, I don't. I could read the book. I have chosen not to. So can you give that to me in like bullet points is what I'm looking for. (laughs) So I guess what I'm saying is, I'm excited about this series of conversations because it's like the bullet points you want this summer for your life. There you go. There you go. Although, Lisa Joe, I am always aware that a good portion of our listeners are are experiencing a different season than we are. And I always think of them too. So I hope that these Hackett conversations will be just as helpful to our Southern Hemisphere listeners who are right in midwinter, right? Things are getting right. cold for them. But yeah, I think I think it'll work, especially this one, this first one, I think works really well for them. So are we ready to dive in? Let's do it. Let's unveil the first how to hack it to make your life more, you know, accessible to you in whatever right. your season is. Yeah, three, two, one. We are going to tell you how to hack it when it comes to a garden. Of course we are. <laughs> of course we're going to do it. Yeah. And I think so... For our listeners, before we hit record on this, I, I asked you, Lisa Joe, what do you need to know? Like you're you're the not so much of a gardener here in our duo. So tell me what you need. And just listening to you talk, I realized, oh yeah, I think number one, 
I want to remind our listeners that gardens are not about perfect. They're not about following rules. They're not about doing things right. And then when you don't, you feel all the shame that your place doesn't look so good. Gardens are about life. Ah. Life. When we garden, we make more room in our spaces for life to grow. And guess what? Life, we know that here on the podcast, is really messy. Life is kind of messy. <laughs> so I think what I want to say right off the get-go, to hack a garden, first of all, let your space be messy. So for some of you, you're already there. Maybe the leaves have piled up. Maybe the weeds have grown. Uh, maybe you haven't got around to mowing the lawn. To you, I say, great. You are off to a good start. <laughs> you're already hacking it. Yes, you're hacking it. And if your place is very neat and tidy, but somehow doesn't seem quite as alive as you want it to be, let it go. Let some weeds pop up. Let some grass grow. And maybe throw some zinnia seeds in one of your flower beds and, and just see what comes up. Let some let your space surprise you. So yeah, number one for hacking a garden is to let it go a little bit, let things grow, toss some seeds. Um, but I've got more tips than that. But how about that for a first start? What do you think, Lisa Joe? I mean, it's why you and I are friends, even though you are like the most professional gardener I know. <laughs> because one of my favorite things about Christy is she arrives in my garden and I always feel like I'm going to feel garden shame. And instead, I somehow feel like I have... My garden is like a Cinderella. Like it, you think it's there in sort of its rundown, raggedy clothes and its shoes that don't fit with lots of little mice scattering around. And instead, Christy arrives like the fairy godmother and she sees what I don't see in my garden. So when I see piles of dead leaves that are still there from the fall, Christy sees mulch that's ready for my flower beds. <laughs> when I see um, weedy lawn that is just completely beyond repair, Christy sees places where you can plant a flower garden in the future. There's constantly this reminder that life is messy. It's hard to hold back the weeds. You don't have to do it all at once. And I think it is the most freeing thing I have learned from you about hacking a garden. Not to be ashamed of your mess, but to tell yourself this is a sign that there is life here. Yeah, it's really, I think, one of the greatest gifts of a garden is that the the things we don't if we don't clean up, it's actually a good thing. If we don't, if we're not perfect and tidy and have everything under control, it's actually better for our gardens. So yeah, the leaves you didn't clean up or the or the dead plants that have piled up, all of that is a great blanket for your soil and soil wants to be covered. So great, things are covered. Um, I think as well, I don't know, maybe sometimes it's our vision of a garden is actually too too fussy or something. And so I also tell people, you know, yeah, you can toss out those zinnia seeds, but honestly, one of the easiest ways to um, grow a garden that is beautiful and um, all about life that requires very little care, if any, is to plant a tree. Or if you don't have room for a tree, plant shrubs. Um, because once they're in the ground and they're established, they don't need anything from you. So all the little things that maybe we picture when it comes to a garden, like roses or little flowers, those can be wonderful. And maybe you start by growing those in a pot. But if it's just your space where you want to see more life, put in some shrubs, put in a tree, put in more trees, and you're going to make that space beautiful. That too is gardening. Also, I think the or original 
pattern of a garden, Eden, right? If you look back at scripture, it says that Eden was a garden of trees, that God had planted trees for us. And so I encourage our listeners to do that as well. Um, Because I think we all know, like once you've got a tree going, like you have tons of trees in your yard, Lisa Joe. Do they ask anything of you? No. Do they no. need anything from you? I mean, sometimes they do need their limbs trimmed because they drop them on the ground and I'm afraid they'll fall on my house. But aside from that, they require nothing. Those trees are just majestic. And I can testify to the shrubs too, because often I have thought, oh, here's another, here, add this to the list of your hackets. You don't need to have a big budget to start a garden because I have sometimes felt that way. You can visit a nursery and feel like, oh, I'm supposed to buy up all of the stuff because if you watch any kind of HGTV or home and garden, you know, there they are putting in gardens and sod literally in like two days. But those of us who are not living on TV shows and have regular gardens and yards, we don't have that kind of budget. And I'm not joking, but last summer, Christy took Peter and I to one of her favorite nurseries and pointed out some hardy shrubs that have got lovely flowering colors that can survive in our semi-shady yard. I think we bought five, three, two or three big ones and two or three little smaller ones. And we came home and we planted them and we were so proud. It was really pretty and I had weeded and it looked so lovely. Fast forward a year, lots of weird ups and downs in our family life and less time to spend in a garden. There are lots of leaves there. There are weeds everywhere. It is almost like despair, except those shrubs, guess what? They've done what the weeds have done. They have thrived. They're big and bushy and they bloomed without us doing anything and we don't water them. And they are, they, you could feel like they're hidden behind all the mess that should have been cleared out of their beds, but they don't seem to care. <laughs> like They're really happy. They're thriving in the garden. And it's really lovely to look out there and say, huh, That one thing we did last year, the thing we spent money on, is still doing well out in our garden, even though we haven't gardened, per se. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's what we've got so far. Embrace the mess. Either start really small by encouraging life, like tossing out some flower seeds like zinnias, which will just take care of themselves, or sunflowers or cosmos, or go really big head to the nursery, find shrubs, find trees that are happy in your place, look around and see what's growing in your neighbor's yards or at a local garden. So embrace the mess, start small or else go big. And the other thing I'll say is um, cardboard is your friend, which I know you know. I've oh told my you gosh, this as well. I'll never forget that. <laughs> so if you're like me and you just have like piles of Amazon boxes that every week you're hauling down to recycle um, and Christy comes over, she's going to make you feel so good about yourself because the great thing about hacking a garden is if you have a hack it champion in your corner, they are going to congratulate you on things you haven't even done. They're going to say, oh, good job. You look at all of these cardboard boxes. They're the perfect thing that you don't even know your garden needs. And I'll never forget the pride I felt at my discarded Amazon boxes once Christy showed me her cardboard hack. It's so funny. Just yesterday, Lisa Joe, you can tell how well-trained my husband Jonathan is because we were standing outside. And he, um, so since we live down this long driveway, he actually carts our own rubbish to the to the dump. We don't have like a trash company. So he does it every so often. And he looked over at our trash cans. And he said, oh, I think tomorrow I'm going to head to the dump. And then he said, so those big cardboard boxes, I'm assuming you don't want me to take those, but are are you sure? Like, do you still need them? And I said, 
Yes, let me tell you right now. (laughs) But he knew, he knew just because those cardboard boxes were sitting next to the trash cans that he was not supposed to take them to the recycling center. And the reason is this. Yeah, cardboard is your friend in the garden because let's say you do have either bare soil or you have weeds and you want pretty things to grow there, whether it's your zinnia seeds or your shrubs and trees. Um, The first thing you do is to smother what's there by laying down cardboard. So lay down cardboard. And this is also like budget conscious because, you know, if you're going to start small, um, then you can just choose one little spot in your in your backyard or, you know, in your space and say, I'm going to start here. And then that's the spot where you lay down cardboard. And then you just put on top of that cardboard anything, any kind of organic matter, essentially whatever you have. Maybe you have lots of chopped leaves. Maybe you don't have anything and you just run to the garden center and you get bagged compost. Um, Honestly, the easiest thing is if you can get your hands on chipped bark, which is often given away by municipalities who do tree trimming and so I shouldn't feel embarrassed about the two piles of wood chippings I have because our neighbor cut a tree down and Peter asked for the wood chips and then we did nothing with them. We just have these two piles of wood chips still in oh, our yard. lucky you. Lisa Joe. that is garden gold. I actually, I wish you could see out of my office window here. I have um, like a triple peak, a, a mountain of mulch with triple peaks. Like it is, a, it's become a mountain, a mulch mountain range. It yes. is no longer just a mulch mountain. <laughs> It's a full-on mulch mountain range in my yard. And so I told Jonathan yesterday, nope, nope, I need those cardboard boxes because this little corner of our yard where we haven't done anything, the weeds are out of control. I said, this summer, I want to go down there and I want to spread cardboard in areas where eventually, in a year or two, we want to have shade plants. Um, But if we can go ahead and put down cardboard and then layer on top of it, Maybe you only have enough material for a couple inches. Maybe you can do a foot. Whatever you have, dump that organic matter, the chipped wood on top of it. Let it sit. And then the next season, maybe you do it in fall, then the next spring. Or let it sit longer if you want, if you've got time. You will be able to plant right into that organic matter. The cardboard at that point will be so soft under there. uh, It will have smothered all your weeds and any plants you don't want anymore. And the soil under that covering of cardboard will be rich. There'll be earthworm activity. um, And it will be, it'll be almost dissolved. So anything you plant can easily just push its roots right through. So essentially with no work, no digging, no pulling of weeds, no cutting out of grass, you've created a perfect planting environment. So that is probably my number one hackett for the easiest, it's not the quickest way to a garden, but is the easiest, easiest way. So yeah, cardboard is your friend, the bigger the better. I like very much the idea of not having to pull weeds, But my understanding is you're saying do this in an area not where you already have some shrubs planted that are surrounded by some weeds, but do it in an area where you just have like an entire bed of weeds and you want to kill everything in there to start over. Is that right? Actually, it could be either. Really? So if you want to kill everything and you want to prep a whole area, then just cover the whole area. If you have some shrubs that you want to keep, but they're surrounded by weeds, then just kind of puzzle piece your cardboard in around them, leaving a little space around their roots so that they can still get, you know, the water they need and um, smother everything around them. So I actually do both all the time. Huh. Well, then, yeah. I 
feel like you've just freed me from a weight of weeds I did not know I was carrying. A <laughs> weight of weeds. I hope so. And I hope our listeners feel that as well. And let me just like a word about those weeds too. Um, I think we have this idea that weeds are a bad thing. And sometimes they are like certain, certain plants are not good to have in our gardens for sure. But so many of the plants that we call weeds that we're trying to get rid of are actually like food for insects. And if we feed the insects, we're going to be feeding the birds. And if you want to be in a place where there's a lot of lovely bird song, then letting some weeds grow around your property, um, those little flowering things like clover and dandelions, that is like such good food for life. Um, so even weeds can be your friends, Lisa Joe. <sighs> this is why you and I are friends. I would add to the our how to hack it list is to just drop any desire to do it perfectly because mm. um, I bought two peony plants this summer from Christy's friend, Megan, who is an amazing gardener and garden designer. And I brought them home and I then immediately had a fit of panic and perfectionism. I was doomed immediately to wander my garden feeling like nowhere was worthy of these plants. Christy, I did not even <laughs> tell you how long I waited before I planted them because I, and then I felt shame because they were still in their pots and I felt like, felt so bad for them that they had had to come and live with us. <laughs> I felt so bad Aww. for these plants. And, um, I was, and then I realized, Lisa Joe, these are just plants. They're going to grow no matter what. The only thing that matters is the sun. We don't want them to fry in the afternoon. That's what Christy and Megan said. And I had tried them in a spot where they had fried in the afternoon sun. Parts of one of them had turned brown. So then I watched the sun. And where was the gentle morning sunlight? Because that's what she said they needed, not just harsh afternoon sunlight. And then I planted them. And you know what I had to do to plant them? I had to scrape out of the way old piles of dead leaves from the fall that we still hadn't cleared. I dug a deep hole. The only fancy thing I did was add some of the potting soil that Megan and Christy had said would be good for their roots and to make sure I kept it exactly level the way I was supposed to with their little stems. I popped them in and I kept telling myself, I'm not overthinking this. I am putting these plants in the ground. That is all that I am doing. <laughs> And that is all that I have done. And I had asked Christy, what do you do about watering? Like, do I have to stress about watering these plants? And I loved your answer about how you water them, you know, a good bit right in the beginning when you plant them. But then after a certain point, you said you literally were like, they're on their own. <laughs> they have to deal yeah. with rain. And so I, and I did it. I planted them and I look at them now and I think, you're on your own, baby. Like, good luck with that. But I did my part. <laughs> and it's it's not even picturesque. There's still this gross, disheveled pile of leftover leaves from the fall. And then there are these two peony plants. But I just I just let go of worrying that the, everything else has to, around them. That's the thing. I think I worry that everything around them must look pretty in order for them to be able to fit in. And I've just had to embrace what Christy says, that that everything in the garden is life. The weeds are life. The grass is life. The peonies are life. The rotting fig tree is life. Like all of it is life. And, uh, and so it all, it all is welcome. I think that's what I'm learning. The messy welcome life. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yes. And I think also we're talking about gardening for our ordinary lives, our ordinary days, which are full of many things. Like we right. do not have most of us, not even me, do I have the luxury of being a full-time gardener in my own space. We have all kinds of demands on our time, and yet um, we can, all of us, welcome more life into our space. Now, um, it does mean, I think, letting go maybe of a need for 
total control, perfection, impressing other people, um, I, I too often feel shame <laughs> about my garden, about my space, because in trying to cultivate more life, um, it means that I've often got a lot of really messy spaces. Um, there are certain things I love to see flower in spring, but then they're done by the middle of summer and they look really terrible. And if I don't have time to go around cutting them down or you know, pulling out the dead things, uh, frankly, it looks like a real mess around here. Um, but, but I had those flowers in spring. So I think for me, at least in wanting more beauty and wanting more life and wanting more insects and butterflies and birds, it means that I am also going to have more things that maybe don't always look picture perfect, maybe don't always make my neighbors happy, um, you know, don't always fit that image of like the perfect, pristine, suburban garden. Um, that is my choice and I will go on choosing it. And I encourage some of our listeners to make that choice as well. And the reward will be flowers, butterflies, bird song, And um, I think just that knowledge that we're now participating in the natural rhythms of creation, which is so satisfying. And applies to human beings too, right? Like if we want to have real deep, rich relationships with people, we have to welcome the messy in too. So there you go. Life lessons from Christy and Lisa Joe and our gardens. And uh, we hope you come back next week for this series of Hack It. I'm excited about this. Just easy ways to start to feel like we embrace all the parts of being human. Um, but we try to make it a little simpler for you this summer or, you know, winter, if you're in South Africa listening. Ha, ha, ha.